Hello and welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by... Sam Townsend from... samtownsendmusic.tr Dot .tr Trans- Oh, fantastic. I'm a horror movie fan, a buff, if you will. Think, think of it more if you were a fan of a particular type of meat. Certainly will. Transylvanian meat, Transylvanian bacon. It must be, must be a Dracula reference. It's, uh, you're coming in, you've opened up a website in Transylvania. No, I haven't. No, I have not. A meat, you say? Yes. Ooh, what's a meat? What's a meat? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a protein. Yeah. <laughs> a dirty meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're all covered in leather. Yeah. Uh, uh, TR, give me a clue. What's the, um, what's okay. the first letter of the country? This is a kind of clue. Chicken run. Yeah, yeah but not a chicken. Okay, a cock. Not a cock. A, a rooster. Not a rooster. It's a country, remember? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. Charades. I've got it. <laughs> Chickland. <laughs> He's got it. It begins with T. It's a bird, a type of meat. Oh, turkey. No, if you were trying to do a clue for someone that it's turkey, you go gobble, gobble, gobble. Oh, like, they do in, like they do in Planes Trains, where that woman's on the phone. Steve Martin turns up after dragging himself all the way because the rental car's not there. And mm. she's on the phone to Marie mm. um, and says, yeah, see you soon. Gobble, gobble, gobble. And then... Um, of course, Steve Martin is particularly angry during that scene, and he uses a lot of offensive language. He gets, uh, yes, un- unnecessarily blasphemous. Or if you watch the uh, the TV version, which we did for a long time after we taped off TV, he gets he doesn't swear at all, and he goes, "I want a f- car, I want a f- Datsun, a f- Honda, a f- Ford, a f- something else." Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, how they did it back in the day. It is, it is. So yes, Turkey is my new website and it's going extremely well. Do you get free turkey? I get free uh, turkeys and um, it's, you know, it's just great because it means I can eat as many turkeys as I like. This is fantastic synchronicity this week and I'll announce the sponsor now. I've been sponsored, it's fantastic they reached out by Bernard Matthews. Bernard Matthews, (laughs) Absolutely. So um, Matthews has finally come a-knocking. We can have all of the turkey ham that we want. Wow, all of the so, cheap yeah, you, turkey ham. We I'm need. getting my turkey sent in, and you must be rolling in turkeys then. Well, I'm rolling in, in sliced, reformed turkey with added water. Whereas presumably yes. you're rolling in actual, actual bird content. Yeah, the problem is they're all they're alive. So I've got I've got 65 turkeys milling around in the garden. Well, is your, is your garden big enough for a 65 turkey mill about? It is, yeah. But well, they can't they can't move. Oh, because obviously you've, they're getting they're wedged burns, in. Are they? They're wedged in. Oh, my, my garden is exactly sixty-five turkeys big. That's battery farming, I'm afraid. You'll have to. <laughs> uh, I'll take one out so that they can all move around like they're playing one of those one of those games where you've got to get in order. Oh right, like um, like the things we used to have as kids, where you slide the tiles around and there's one space. I'll have to do that if I want a particular turkey from the back. <laughs> Slide your turkeys around. Presumably it's all automated, though, your turkey farm. It, well, it's not a farm. I just, I just, I've got 65 <laughs> you turkeys. Just received 65 turkeys from Turkey. Yeah, in the post. Of course. 
It came in, yeah. in a big jiffy bag, and when I opened it up, I couldn't believe it. No, that must have been a massive bag. It was. It did say on it, please open in the garden. Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it, please ensure your turkey, your, your garden, let's call it turkey farm again, can fit a minimum of 65 turkeys. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, okay, well, we are a Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, ostensibly. Yes, yes, we are. So, today we are going to focus less on uh, farming, turkeys. battery farming, free-range farming and turkeys, uh, and, and Bernard Matthews, which I think is probably a uniquely UK-based proposition, is it, it, or is it is, worldwide? Yeah, it, I'm not sure. If you haven't heard of Bernard Matthews, then, then you know, take, take five minutes to look him up. Absolutely, or go to www samtownsend.tr.com and presumably you've got a link yes yeah yeah absolutely anyway we are going back in time and we are going to talk about uh the the roadwork documentary um that was released on the greatest hits uh dvd when it if you got that dvd package so you got the cd with uh, the greatest hits and then you got the dvd with the video one stop looking at your new watch i can see you remember Sorry. brother oh yeah um this was, I was unsure, actually, whether this was the correct documentary, so I reached out to, um, to Hamish on our friend sessions, show. friend of the show, ambassador, more than a friend, an ambassador, fully yeah, fledged More ambassador. than a friend, I'm sorry, One I'm of doing, the, and, doing Hamish a, a terrible disservice there. A terrible disservice, one of the first ambassadors, actually, so uh, I'm going to go mad props to Hamish. And actually, um, I had a couple of other questions for him, which I've messaged him over the past few days, and... He's a brilliant person to, to have in your corner. He comes back with the answer straight away. There's a few people, on, certainly a specific person documentary, I wasn't sure who it was. And um, turns out that person actually follows Hamish on Twitter. But we'll get back to that. If you're new wow. to this podcast, check out RHCP Sessions Archive, uh, run by the fabulous Hamish. Of course, Hamish, li- Hamish lives in the future. Yes, he does. So presumably he's got a flying car, a hoverboard... It's only nine hours ahead. Yeah, so he's probably got a skateboard and a normal car. He's probably got a normal car. <laughs> and a pair of roller boots. Yeah. Okay, so knowing as we do now that the, the documentary is called Roadwork and that it's, it is the Greatest Hits documentary, I didn't want to announce that on a podcast and then find out that it wasn't. No. Um, we are looking at the version that is on YouTube because I didn't buy the, the version of Great Hits that had the DVD. I don't know if you did. Oh, I, I didn't. Got the no, CD. I didn't. Well, I may have done. I've had several copies of it, and I, I bought it on the day it came out and was keen to get it, so I'm surprised I didn't buy the, the best version, which would be that one. At least pretend you did, so it sounds like one of us did. I did. Yes, I thought you did. Um, but however... You've probably lost it over these years, so you can't, you oh, can't watch it I don't know if I've mentioned it, and I've had several copies over the years. He did mention that. We're watching the version on YouTube that's been uploaded by RHCP Archive. Yes, that's the it's, one I've chosen. It's one hour, 21 minutes and seven seconds long. Yes. And the title is Red Hot Chili Peppers Documentary Californication Era. It's seven years old and it's had 1.6 million views. Not bad, not bad. I think we've had about 1.6 mil hits on the podcast now. Presumably you've had at least 1.6 mil hits on the turkey site. I ha- Interestingly, one of my, one of my staff members um, from my Nigerian website ran some analytics this week, and it's, I am now responsible, and you might find this hard to believe, I'm now responsible for 67% of all internet traffic. 
So responsible for 67% of all internet traffic. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know. So I'm told. Well, point them over to the bloody podcast, mate. Right, we're going to break it down into 60, uh, 67 million minute long sections. About 20 minute long sections. That'll be about four sections. So if you want to watch it long and then come back and listen to what we've got to say about it, um, check out the first 20 minutes. We'll be talking about it after this. Coming out of our part one of the Roadwork documentary, the Californication tour documentary at medium volume, because I don't think you need the documentary to be quite so loud as we normally have the music. No, um, I had it at, at medium at best. Started medium. off quite low, and then I realised I could turn it up. With the, through the power of your volume control? Yes. Now, I noticed straight away that I want somebody to make me a Mr. Man t-shirt of how John feels when he's on tour. Mm. Because I, th- I want a John Frusciante tour feelings t-shirt that says, Mr. Happy, and I want pictures of these Mr. Men. I want Mr. Happy, Mr. Sad, Mr. Creative, and Mr. Uh, longing for my loved ones. Fine, fine. Is, are you sort of sneakily putting that out there in the hope that someone will send you this t-shirt? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyone in the t-shirt printing trade, please, uh, please make me that t-shirt. You'll have to invent for, for good old Ben. You'll have to invent the uh, the Mister Men for creative and longing for my loved ones. But we've already got the Roger Hargreaves designs for happy and sad. Yes, they are in the bag. What do you think about Flea's look early on in this this section of it? Well, the kind of sort of massive orange hair. Yeah, I call it red. Do you call that orange? <laughs> red or orange it's, orange it's, orange yeah, I quite like it I, quite, I, I like it when Flea grows his hair like that and it goes all big yeah I think he looks absolutely brilliant when he's wearing the um, I'm going to call it red uh, the okay. red the red sunglasses the red top and the red hair yes um, presumably you loved it when he had the orange hair the orange sunglasses and the orange top when he had all his matching orange gear on I absolutely loved it, it what about Flea doing his impression of the air hostess Questionable. Questionable at best. Yes, I think, because this is quite a candid documentary, I think there is times when we're going to see things which may be questionable. may not be included in a documentary made today. John's actually carrying his own guitar about. Did you see that at the beginning? Yeah, I think think what that might be is that he might just have a guitar in there to practice while they're on flights. You might be right, actually. Just a little... Maybe you're thinking a little... Is he... Well... I think maybe too- just an, an acoustic, or maybe maybe just a strat in there that he can just you know play on the plane. I think it's an electric in there. I, yeah, I he's the kind chicks. of guy who's always going to want to be practicing or you know writing or doing something on the guitar, isn't he? So yeah, well, as you see later in the documentary, when he's uh, he says that he doesn't feel right unless he's played the guitar. He doesn't like going on stage unless he's played the guitar that day. So nah, always have- I should bloody well hope not. Either it's a guitar to practice on and just have something there to go whenever you need to yeah. or it's his you know it's it may big, very well be his, his actual guitar his big yeah. Strat, yeah it's his main yeah. strat could be it probably is that's the one he would want to be playing if he's going to be playing anything here is a, a nice little bit and this is a recurring theme with chad during this documentary he likes he's, he's a little bit hungover i think he's been drinking a few beers 
Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he was back in his drinking days. Um, well, this documentary, you come out of this knowing that Chad likes to smoke and drink beer. Mm. Yeah. He seems to be wearing a Charles Manson T-shirt as well. How was he? I didn't notice that. So that's a tie back to Guns N' Roses, because they, of course, um, recorded Look At Your Game Girl on the Spaghetti Incident. That's the, right, famously. The Spaghetti Incident. Which the Spaghetti was, uh, Incident. The Spaghetti Incident? Because it does have a question mark, doesn't it? The Spaghetti Incident. The Spaghetti Incident. The Spaghetti Incident. Mm. Anyway, yes. Um, and uh, that was the secret track on that. So yeah, when, it was. just wearing a Charles Manson T-shirt is a little bit, possibly a little bit controversial anyway. It's risque. Risky. If indeed it is a Charles Manson T-shirt, would hate to to, uh, to, to tar someone oh, with, with a Manson brush if it wasn't a Manson T-shirt. Oh, jeez. This could be the clincher that means Chad doesn't come on. Oh, I think, I think we're there already. Flea is uh, very small compared to Chad when Chad climbs on him. Flea is... Well, Chad's like, reasonably tall and the rest of them are quite short. Oh, especially our, our man, Little Flea. Little Peter. Yeah, well, Flea, him. Anthony and John are all below average height, I'd say. Well, did, um, we have a little montage there, didn't we, of, um, of the Japanese public singing under the bridge? Mm. Some nice voices there. That guy who was doing the grabbing the booby thing was a bit, was a bit weird. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's great to see that they're passionate and they, they you know, they, at the Tower Records thing, they were extremely pleased to see the boys. Well, I'll tell you what, it was crazy. At the Tower Records thing, they were going nutso and um, the sponsors... I assumed when I first saw it that that was, like, you know, they were the front row of a big arena. Yeah, absolutely, so did I. <laughs> and then the swan says, I recently had my stomach cut open and everyone cracks up. Yeah, Absolutely right, cracked up. <laughs> That's one of the funniest lines uh, that I've ever heard. Well, let's, let's just try it. I recently had my stomach cut open. What do you think of the swan's shoes there? Because actually they were yeah, very rubbish. Yeah, they were exactly very, very similar to a pair that I bought. And you said I, I bought some old lady shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe. That. And what about that, that coat? That coat is horrible as well. Mm, yeah, I'd focus uh, on his so shoes to be honest, because um... he's got a similarly bad taste in shoes to you. <laughs> but what? But, but what great taste in music? Right, absolutely. He loves the chilies. I love the chilies. Yeah, he loves them so much that he's in the chilies. Yes, <laughs> you haven't uh, gone that far yet. No, but I, I'm out there for when John leaves again. Yeah, exactly. I'm open, you don't I'm have open to start topic. positioning. Well, it's probably best to start positioning yourself in the picture around now, so that in a couple of albums' time, you're you're there. After another couple of highs and some low years, thing the is, best thing to do, seemingly, is to become friends with John and get in that way. Yeah, but the problem is, mate. By the time this happens, I'm going to be mm. I'm going to be fifty-ish. Well, that's yeah, but you'll be you'll be a spring chicken compared to the other band members. Oh, that's true because they'll be. Uh, a certain amount older. They'll be in their early seventies. <laughs> they'll be the rolling. St- they'll be the strolling bones of the Red Hot Chili Peppers world. Yeah. Will they still the be Red doing Hot the Chili ancient- Bones? Will they still be doing the ancient art of weaving? The bone hot chili peppers. Uh, the red bone chili peppers. Chili peppers and the red hot, hot bone ch- peppers. Ah, uh, no, the red hot chili bones. Have you done? That one? I've done that one. Okay. Hang on. The bone bone, got- bone bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Chad's pink glasses. I do have to say that. Yeah, it's nice to see Chad like wearing glasses now because 
He he quite often just looks like a standard bloke, and he does, relatively speaking here, but he's got a little bit of rock star about him there with his glasses on. What do you think they did with those massive um, bouquets of flowers that they were gifted? Presumably they threw them away immediately. I imagine you're right. Now, should we move on to the next slightly questionable section of the documentary? Where the, the panda swan, section. The, <laughs> where the swan goes panda hunting. The, <laughs> yeah. Which in itself... It's surely illegal. But, well, yeah, luckily he wasn't panda hunting, otherwise he really would have got himself in trouble. Well, there's some particularly young pandas on the street this day. They're yes. too young, but they do understand the call, is what I'm led to believe. Mm, that's right. We'll it's tread carefully call. here. We'll tread carefully. But what... We'll tread carefully. Just suffice to say, it's, it's a questionable section. <laughs> it was weird. Um, yeah. Did you see when those two, uh, those two pandas in the high shoes didn't know what the hell was going on? So, well, they they were the elusive pandas, mm. and uh, they yeah, as you say, they were com- deeply confused. They pandas. had little. So they, they didn't know who he was for a start. <laughs> it was. They it didn't was know what he was saying. It was awkward because it, it kept doing the cuts, didn't it? The, the little slide cuts. Yeah. So if that's the best footage that they've got by cutting it like that, what yes, what on God earth knows was, what was like? going on the rest of the time? <laughs> Yeah, no, that wasn't uh, wasn't great. But then we we see the shows; they seem to go down well. Um, just gonna just gonna talk a little bit about the timeline, if I may. Okay. Um, and to do so, I'm going to turn over a page. So okay. it seems to me that you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Yeah. Never knowing who to turn to when the rain set in. I would have liked to know you, but I was just a kid. Stop fiddling around with your watch. So <laughs> The candle burned out long before, but the legend never did. Now, must say this on this episode, I can see Sam, but Sam can't see me. So That's every right, time he he's... kind of drifts off and starts fiddling with his watch, <laughs> I can see it's happening. He, he I forgets, get He forgets that I can see him. It's a, it's a strange sensation. I can see myself, but not Ben. Now, what we had here <laughs> was an interesting period of time, and... To go into to, to deeper detail, you can obviously um, uh, read Scar Tissue, where it, the swan lays it out so that we can play it out. Mm. Flea at this time, during the Australian section, or, or for a portion of the tour, wasn't in a great place emotionally, physically. He had a four-month-old daughter-ish, um, but yet he was touring. This is the point where Flea mooted the three weeks touring, ten days off idea, which the band went for. Mm. Uh, which is an incredibly expensive thing to, to do because you're still having the crew, the buses, the trucks, every, anything you're hiring in the crew are mm. still on payroll. And the, the trucks aren't on payroll. You can't put a price on mental health, then. No, you can, no absolutely. That, that is, nowadays, mental health, mental health issues and how to treat yourself well has become a bigger and bigger topic, and, and rightly so. So Flea was a little bit of a pioneer here to say, I, you know, this is impacting me, and we need, and I need to do something about it. Otherwise, potentially, you know. I, yeah, well, I exactly. What's but what's better? Three weeks off, ten days on, or no days on? No, three weeks on, ten days off, or no, de- no, no weeks on. What are you talking about? Three weeks off. What's better? Three weeks on. Yes. Ten days off. Yes. Or no days on. Oh, three weeks um, on and ten days off. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. So I'm glad, I, I'm glad I painted that picture so clearly for you. Very, very clearly. And I could see you painting that picture. 
I know, it's so unfair. Now, so essentially what happens though when you do this is you, you're paying out the same, apart from travel and hotels for people up, you're paying out the same amount of money. You're just not getting any money in. So it's a pricey thing to do. Mm. And also at this point, Flea, was, uh, Flea mooted the idea of putting all, 5% of all touring income to, um, to charity, giving it away to charity, which also the, the other band members accepted you know, and thought was a great idea as well. So Flea here, really thinking about mental health, thinking about other people, um, which is just a nice, a nice little testament to the guy and, and the way he likes to live his life. It, it certainly is. It certainly is. Now, as I race through my things again, we'll talk about the timeline. Okay. Here, here's where, where the Japanese section ends. Okay. So we can see uh, that you can see a shot of Osaka Joe Hall. Yes. Uh, during the early section. Now that was the first part of the of that Japanese part of the tour. Apparently. Um, the Swan felt the band wasn't, again, from Scar Tissue, felt the band wasn't performing brilliantly during that Japanese leg of the tour. Um, big shout out to Red Hot Chili Peppers Live, Ar- Red Hot Chili Peppers Live Archive, RHCP Live Archive. Um, all these dates you can find on there. Osaka Joe Hall, January the 14th, 2002. And then uh, as, as, as this section of the thing goes on, you can see they go to Australia, um, they go to NZ and then to Australia. So mm-hmm. they played NZ in Jan 21, 2000. Then they played the Big Day Out and other... The Big Day Out was a funny one in, in Australia because there was lots of Big Day Out gigs, um, which was interspersed with kind of arena gigs and other stuff. And that, all, um, right. and that all carried on, the Big Day Out stuff, until February the 6th. Um, and then oh, quite played, a long section there. Yeah, then I think they played Perth Arena, and that was the end of that particular part of, of, the, of the show. There's some lovely bits early on. You've got John getting his hair cut. What do you make of that? Well, he seemed, it almost seemed as if the hairdresser was tickling him. Well, <laughs> yes, it certainly did. He's, again, another great Miss Man reference, Mr. Tickle. Yeah, exactly. John was very giggly. He was. And what about the years falling off um, John Frusciante there? Oh, incredible. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that long hair and... Uh, a, 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 slightly sort of longer met, a slightly longer beard can make you look very old. I get a little bit confused in the timeline sometimes with this era because John Red Square was 1999 when John was looking quite old with his really long hair and his and his beard. Yeah, and then in 2000 it came off and he looks 80 he years looks younger as, as someone he says. Looks considerably younger. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's always been like that, hasn't he? Since he rejoined the first time. He's always been able to grow his hair and look completely different and then shave it off and look completely different again. That's classic, classic John. Well, the other thing he does, of course, with his hair when he, shows, when he gets it cut off is he donates it to charities for, um, I think it's for uh, making people wigs maybe for people that have suffered from cancer and had chemotherapy so they can have mm. wigs with real hair um i have i have said this before in another episode my my granddaughter kelly also does that she grows her hair long then has it cut short and then donates it to have wigs made for people that, that have lost their hair through treatment for cancer which lovely, I'm very, lovely. very very proud of and mm. in in her bedroom she has a i made her a picture of herself and a picture of john frusciante and said my hero does this, and now um, you are another one of my heroes. 
which wow. is framed in a in her bedroom. Um, yoga boys, I've written down. They love a bit of yoga. Oh, they do. Yeah, they're just doing their yoga. Swan joins in a little bit with some stretching. Chad just having a beer. Yeah, exactly. Beer and a no fan. interest in doing any stretches. Which you know, I wouldn't be a stretcher. I don't think. I'm very much in the beer and cigarettes camp when it comes to touring. And oh, I don't yeah, even you smoke. love a cigarette. Oh, I love. Well, I, I like a sweet cigarette or a chocolate cigarette. You do. Not so much a real one. Not so much a real one, but I do, as I've said before, I love the smell of unlit tobacco. And I'm happy with you the smell of lit tobacco. I, do, I, I don't mind the smell of unlit tobacco. I hate the smell of burning tobacco. What would you say if someone perhaps had a packet of cigarettes in front of them on the table and they were rolling what appears to be a herbal cigarette? Oh, Christ, what, like Dave Grohl? Like our man Dave Grohl, a young Dave Grohl and a young tailor. 31 years old he was at that, at that time. Was he? He said it. He said, I'm 31 years old. Christ, oh, he's a Capricorn. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was a young, young man, considerably younger than we are now, sadly. Well, I'm a 43-year-old Dave Grohl. And I'm a 39-year-old Dave Grohl. Absolutely. Well, you're more of a Taylor Hawkins, because you're, you're more of a drummer than me. True. True, I suppose so. And what a great drummer yeah. you are. And what a great drummer he is. Yeah, he's fantastic, isn't he? Yeah, and of course that would then slide together. We'd have another another coming together when um, I think he played the drums on the album version of You Ought to Know that Flea obviously played on. Yes, they, had, they do have a shared history, the Chilis and the Food Fighters. I'm just going to flag up quickly that I'm not 100% on that Taylor history fact. I call him Taylor History. <laughs> it's not called Taylor History. <laughs> On that Taylor fact, but it might be true. It might be. It it, it could be. But well, let's go with it. Let's go with it. Who, well, you know, if actual facts are, you know, we don't worry about that kind of thing. Do we? No, they're overpraised. Yeah. Now, next little section. Ah, oh, mate, this is of course. Um, this was the time when um, the Swan. <laughs> across these shows in, um, well, again, it's in scar tissue, but he went to an Enzo doctor because he had shin splints and he was put on, I think it was, he asked for a non-narcotic solution to it. Mm. And um, the doctor gave him Ultram, which he said was non-narcotic. Um, AK believed it was non-narcotic, but when he was taking it, it felt like he, he was kind of having some kind of high. And after this Australian section of the tour, there was a break before the American section, which we'll get to later on in the documentary. And the Swan Shit. did relapse there with um, Johanna, who we see him with. I'm presuming it's pronounced Johanna. I've never actually said it out loud, really, unless I said it in an, an earlier episode. Johanna. So yes, there, was, there was a bit of a relapse between the uh, Australian section and the... Um, and going back to Minneapolis for the for the next one, the next show, and the Swan was weak. Um, he needed lots of detox meds. Um, difficult times, really. Difficult times, but I don't think we're going to see that in the doco. No, I don't think you'll see any actual... I was going to say we won't see any actual drug use. We've seen the preparation of a herbal cigarette, but we won't see any, hardcore, any kind of hardcore uh, drug use. And we won't go down... This is just as a bit of context... Um, it's all in scar tissue. It's worth a, it's worth a little read, just as a little bit of context. Um, 
But we don't dwell on that kind of thing, do we? And it's worth a little read, isn't it? <laughs> and it's a little bit of context. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced it's, a, uh, it's worth a little read. <laughs> if you've got this phone and you haven't read Scar Tissue, then, um, you know, get on it, get on the case. Do you see um, the swan when John says he can't, um, he can't sing the backing vocals to um, Other Side? Mm. And the swan goes... It's like, fuck me, this, this is our single, um, because Other Side was released on the 11th of January 2000, and this, this was around January the 23rd. Yeah. Or January 21st, to, to that kind of era. So to not do your single live, is, uh, it made the swan make that noise. He was concerned, so much so that he whistled. Yeah. He'll whistle again in this documentary. I'll tell you who does a really good British accent. Uh, well, it's not a British accent, is it? It's an English accent. And it's not so much an English accent as a more... It sounds like a, a London-y accent. Yeah, it's more of a Cockney accent. I can't do that accent myself. I sound like the swan. See, that was me... Oh, well, I can do an absolutely brilliant Michael Caine. OK, go for it. Oh, so can I. So um, you go first. OK. OK, well, do you tell me what to say? Well, you, everyone says, my name is Michael Caine. OK. Well, I'm going to say... Uh, okay, I'll say my name is Michael Kane. I was going to say, you just told me to tell you what to say. Okay, fine. I haven't done this for a while, so I might be a bit out of practice, well, but it doesn't do, matter, does it? Do it off mic if it makes you feel more comfortable. No, 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 you'll be going straight in. My name is Michael Kane. Not bad. Not bad. I'll give it a go, right. then you give it another shot. My name yeah. is Michael Kane. Oh, that's very good. All right, I'll uh, do it. Uh, yours was better. Kane. Was it? Kane? All right, well, in that case, I won't do it again. No, do do, do it again. Oh, okay. My name is Michael Kane. I, I don't think either of us are hitting out the park, but yours is certainly better. <laughs> well, I liked yours. Oh, well, I, I loved yours. This is, this is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> okay, I think that brings us to the end of section, the first 20 minutes, section one. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of touring life? From what you see here, it seems like an awful lot of travel. Fuck that. Um, I'll tell you what it's like. Well, I won't tell you what it's like, so I've never done it. I'll tell you what it seems like to me. You just, you're on show pretty much all the t- uh, well, a lot of the time. Even going yeah. from place to place, there'll be fans waiting for you. And you're going to have to be, for you to see a fan, it happens to you every day. For a fan to see you is probably that yes. one time in their life where they will do that. And so if you're not on top form for them, their memory of you is going to be... Like, if you're, yes. a bit, if you're tired, if you're hungover, and you're not treating those fans right, then that's a bad memory for the fan. You don't give a fuck about it two days down the line because you'll have forgotten about it. No, no, that's right. Yeah, it's, it, that's right. And, and this, remember, is relatively high-end touring. Mm. What does that mean? So, well, they're, they're a bit, you know, a famous band, a big band. Yeah, yeah, arena tours. So they're doing it, they're doing it on, a, on a good budget. For, for, and I, I can imagine that life on the road when, you, when you're young is great, and then life on the road when you make it and you've got money and you stay in nice hotels and you fly on nice planes and you travel in nice cars and stuff is great. But ultimately, that, it, it, that will become a grind. Yeah. No matter how nice, you know, no matter... The, what luxuries you can afford, you're still going from place to place constantly. And it, I imagine it, it, it is a grind. Well, as John said, you are, 
longing to see a loved ones some days. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I remember um, Simon Housen, show ambassador, an early adopter, um, sent over some pictures um, of him when he met John on the California Ocean tour in the airport. Yes. In the airport. And actually, I think in his email, he, he said that um, John was like two different people on the two times that he, he met John. Um, yeah. Really chatty one time, not so chatty the next time. Happy to sign stuff, but just, you know, John was obviously just having two different days. And Flea, mm. I think his experience was, with Flea was that Flea wasn't up for signing. You know, Flea wasn't in a good place at the time. Like we said, no. Flea, we've just discussed that Flea wasn't in a great place at the time, and and Simon experienced that firsthand and, mm. and has remembered that. That's the thing. It's remembered if you're a fan, when you meet your heroes, if they're not, if they're not on, to, on the top of their game, you'll remember that forever. And, and they'll, they'll, yes, they'll, right. they'll forget about it, like I said, a couple of days later. So it's a life of being constantly on show. And I think it looks glamorous, but a lot of it is, a, like you say, is a grind. There's a grind, and it must be difficult to get yourself up each night for to, for the show, you know, and, and to put in that energy. Well, I think that's where Flea came from as well when he said he wanted to split up the touring so you had 10 days off in between just to recharge your battery so that actually when you go back to it, you're looking forward to it. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just doing show after show after show where you're right, it's just the same old stuff every time. Yeah. Very difficult. Yeah, uh- and it's a similar analogy to what you've already said about the fans, but show after show after show playing the same songs. You know, you can mix it up, you can mix it up to, to a certain degree, but you are still going to have to play a lot of the same material every single time. Yeah, absolutely you are. And just from just when I was gigging in pubs in the kind of Hive and Waterside area um, with Gordy, you know, I wasn't doing that many gigs but there's still songs that you look forward to more than others yeah but you have but you think well i better play the song so i know it's a popular one i know it goes down well but it's i'd like to i might leave it out the set but i know it goes down well with people mm. yeah exactly and i wasn't even you know i All wasn't right, doing sure. <laughs> yeah so uh, th- having uh, me discuss my touring schedule 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 Let's move on to part two of, uh, of this section, shall we? And we will say that we ended part one at 19 seconds 43, and part two will start at 19 seconds 44. So we come out of uh, part two of uh, the Roadwork documentary, the Cali Tour documentary. We're going 20 to 40. 20 to 40, if you will, or as I like to describe it, 1943 to 40. Okay, fair enough. A bit more accurate. Yeah, I'm, I'm really zeroing in on, these, uh, in on these time codes, as you know, I enjoyed it. See, I've got no GTPs to make, so I will have to zero in on the start times. Zero in on some other finite details. <laughs> Absolutely. Flea has now got short hair. 
Mm. Not so cool. Not so cool. Still red. Yes, no, it's just still lovely and orange. Hmm. Lovely, lovely orange setup. What? There's, there's tricky bits here. Who's the swan being forced to meet called Mike? And why? I don't It's an Australian man called Mike. Yeah, Mike. G'day. My name's Mike. He says hello to Mike. That's no problem. Well, they had that whole Mark, that whole Mike Mark debacle. Well, yeah, it's fine. He just he Mike and Mark sound quite similar, and he wasn't sure whether he'd said Mike or Mark. No, you've cleared that up for me. Thank you very much. Then later on in the car, we do see a Mr. John Frusciante wearing what can only be described as a, a, a decent quality or a good quality set of headphones. Yes, goodness me, though quite old school, though with, with a wire included. Well, I'm wearing a pair of headphones with wire included. Are yours? Are yours wire free? No, these are wired for the mm. purposes of this, but they are Bluetooth. Mm. Old school. Yeah, old school. <laughs> Very old school. Very old school headphones. But, man, you know, you know John. He, he just likes to be listening to music and consuming music all the time. Yeah, so he's got one ear on and one ear off. So do you think there's music going on in that other ear while he's talking to the swan and the swan's showing us all his, 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 his admittedly lovely-looking bum? Almost certainly, yeah, yeah. Probably listen Definitely. to. I used, that's what I used to do at college: was listen to music in one ear and d- take the lesson in the other. <laughs> what? What in your classes? Yeah. You never zoned in fully on the on the information from your teacher slash lecturer. No, not every time, but a lot of the time in my law classes, me and a friend of mine at the time would share his mini disc player and just have an ear in each. Wow. Was that? Wow, was that Brockenhurst College? Brockenhurst College, yeah. Wow, I, I too went there. Yeah, great that's, um That's staggering news. I've never taken um, music in one and lecture information in the other. I was young. In those days, I could multitask. Of course, I've said this before on the podcast, I'm sure. There was that time when I spent an entire English literature lesson in the cupboard as a joke. Sure, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was getting more out of my lessons than that. <laughs> well, at the end of the lesson, I came out of the cupboard and the English literature teacher was very, very disappointed with me. Uh, so they would be. Now, pre-show warm-ups. Um, apparently, the pre-show warm-up regime is green tea, ginseng, stretching, meditating, some techno, possibly some Apex twin, mm. uh, and warming up. Whereas, again, I think what we see is Chad's regime is... Well, Chad, bless him, he tries the ginseng, but he doesn't like it. Of course he doesn't. He has to pass on it. Yeah, he has to pass, and then he cracks open a beer. Yeah, he does. And he has three to six. Yeah, that's fine if they're those little bottles. That's only three pints. That looks to me like a Heineken. It is. He does seem to drink a lot of Heineken. Hmm. And smoke a lot of... What did you say they were? Marlboro, Marlboro Light, Camel, Camel Light... Wow, um, what are you drinking there? It's sponsorship time. Yeah, this that, is this that, week's... Can, that's taken you back. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Uh, this is the second time I've teamed up, teamed up with this beer. Uh, it's Northern Monk Faith Hazy Pale Ale. I'll say what Fun- I said last time. Funky Monk. Yeah, well, I just tried it. It's all right. I'll, I'll just try some more. It's five point four, so it's not. You know, it's quite strong. I'll commentate. I can see you. It's t- it's gone to the mouth. The face is 
you don't look convinced by it, and I'll, you look like a gopher. <laughs> well, I've just had four cans of Punk IPA, which, as you know, I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, you, your favourite beer. Yeah, um, and this is no Punk IPA, but it's quite nice, and I th- thank you, Northern Monk, for providing me with these cans, but, um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I've got a shock announcement on the sponsorships. Mm. Screw you, Carling. Up yours, Carling. Yeah, thanks very much, Carling. Guess what they've done? Withdrawn? No, not withdrawn entirely. But they've Thank made God. they've they've upped the price of the sponsorship ah. from <laughs> from nine ninety nine for a case of eighteen to twelve pounds yes. for a case of eighteen. That's unacceptable. Well, I found it was so unacceptable. I still bought some more. No, you did. Yeah. So the sponsorship ha- deal continues. Yeah. Well, it does in a way. Uh, but it is now a more expensive sponsorship deal from my end. Sure, sure. That's still pretty good. Mm. It was nine ninety nine at Tesco's over Christmas and it, for about two months. Mm. All through December, all through Jan. And so to have it hiked by £3 is, to me, feels like a certain percentage hike of about, hang on, That's 3, 6, 9, 12, of, 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 of a third or a quarter. Hmm. Going back to Northern Monk, uh, our good friend Jack Johnson uh, may know of this beer because on the can I can see the um, the Angel of the North. This is exactly what we said last time around Northern Monk. <laughs> <laughs> this is cla- classic podcast chat. <laughs> yes, he, never, he didn't confirm or deny though, did he? No, he didn't. And for that, we will not excommunicate him. No. No, no, just certainly not. Absolutely not, because we need, not we need this a time. Not this time. No, but if he fails to to comment on Northern Monk again, then, then maybe things could get serious ahead. for him. I might travel up there again. What, just to tell uh, JJ, JF, Jack Fox to sort himself out? Yes. Well, Jack, of course, we're pulling your leg. Um, uh, we, we love and treasure your support and your drum notes. Uh, however, if Sam needs to travel up to uh, South Shields to sort you out, then you will, won't you, Sam? Oh, bloody right, bloody right, will, mate. After lockdown, of course, so he's got time to get out if he needs to. Absolutely, you can you can go you can bunker down, Jack. Bunker down because Sam won't be coming up anytime soon. And actually, I won't be coming until until sometime in March at the earliest. And the snow clears. And even then, I'll call ahead. Yeah, and even then, he won't. <laughs> no, probably not. It's a bloody long way. Absolutely, I drove up there once, and uh, it was quite. I drove up there in September. Yeah, in, uh, I went to w- the Angel of the North. In fact, in a rental car, I believe. <laughs> and it did. Yes, I won't. I was going to uh, slander the rental company, but I won't do that. Just in case they sponsor us later on, or just in case they sue me. Sure. Okay. Well, let's get back to the chilies. Um, the Swans' message. To the, the Swans' message to the Australian people is, I think, much like our message to to lovely drum ambassador Jack Johnson. Meet us at 3pm, bring a bowling ball, cream cheese and dynamite. And don't be late. That man is a crazy man. I mean, what are you going to do? I suppose you eat the cream cheese. Yeah. Ha- have a one bowl bowl off and then mm-hmm. blow each other up. There's other options here. <laughs> eat the dynamite. Yes. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> safer. Have a one 
bowl bowl off with the cream cheese. Yeah. And then explode your bowling ball. <laughs> well, yeah. Now there I is thought, a third. There is a third. There option. is a, thir- a third option, which is probably the safest, is to eat the bowling, bowling ball. ball. <laughs> yes. And to bowl the dynamite and then blow Ex- up the cream cheese. Explode the cream cheese. You're right. That's the safest. That's the safest. The problem is eating a bowling ball. You know, eating one of those giant gobstoppers takes long enough. Oh mate, I've got one literally two foot from me that I got from. Um... But can you imagine trying to lick a bowling ball down to nothing? Well, you wouldn't want to, would you? Because at some point <laughs> you'd have to pick your tongue. Now we've got to. Well, imagine putting your tongue into those three finger holes that all those fingers have been in. Because they're not cleansing oh, no, those. I'd, I'd use those to hold it and then lick the bottom. Then lick your fingers. <laughs> no, lick the bottom of the ball. At some point, you're going to get to that little bit where those fingers have been. Yeah, by the time you get there, though, you'd have been probably going at it for 25, 30 years. Mate, seriously, if you think you're going to lick a bowling ball down in 30 years, you can be licking 24-7. You will not lick, <laughs> you're not going to lick it down. However, here's the next no, mate, question. You don't know the power of my tongue. Can you explode cream cheese? Well, yes, you can. You yeah, need to use the dynamite. You need some other agent. <laughs> We've established you can't use the dynamite to blow the cream cheese. The dynamite no. will be used for... Bowling, presumably. Yeah, the bowl, that's right, yeah. And you yeah. could bowl a stick of dynamite down a lane, couldn't you? Ah, you could, but it would be pretty hard. You're better off throwing it, I think. What, lighting it? That, that You'd get a strike that way. At least a spare if you like to stick a dynamite and lob it down the, down the lane. Yeah, you don't want to get it wrong, though, and blow your arm off. Maybe, uh, maybe more. Absolutely. You need to release it in time. Because remember, you've got that bowling ball in one end that you're licking down. Because if you're going to... You, if you're going to lick that bowling ball down in under 25 years and you can't afford to put it down. No, you can't. So you're going to be tossing uh, and presumably you're using your strong arm to bring the bowling ball to the mouth. <laughs> that, no, <laughs> to be honest, on this occasion, I would, I would put the, the bowling ball on my, in my left hand and throw the dynamite with my right. With, with your strong arm, yeah. Because pretty be soon, safe. it won't take too many reps of bringing the ball to mouth to really start uh, muscling that other arm up. no. Anyway, we must move on. I, I, <laughs> I did like what that girl said about how she feels about the Chili's music, where she said, if her level's like here, yeah. then she sticks on the Chili's music and it, and it brings her up. Because I, I think we all feel the same about the Chili's, don't we? I think so, yeah. yeah. I was inspired by the guy who said, I like their music. Hmm. I was inspired by the girl who said, I like their music because it's loud. Yeah, yeah, it was another insightful bit of interviewing. Very touching, that. Yeah. Lovely and touching. But no, I think they're all there for the same reason, obviously. They're not professional media people. Analysts of the Chili's music. Yeah. <laughs> no, <that's certainly laughs> Imagine if we got interviewed at a gig and they said, why do you like the Chili Peppers? And said, I like it because it's loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, if it, what if you put it on quietly? Don't like it. No, can't stand it. Well, that has always been our raison d'etre, our reason for living, if you will. We like yes. loud Chili's music. Wow, and that's throwing in a bit of Latin. A bit of French. I think it's Latin, isn't it? Well, raison uh, is French for <laughs> <Yeah>. raisin. <laughs> <laughs> a detra is French for debt. Exactly. So it's, oh, uh, a raisin debt. That's the worst kind of debt you can get yourself into. Absolutely it is. I remember I got into trouble with uh, Sunmade once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got into it with two packets of raisins. Two packets a day habit, and uh, oh. ha- had to pay off Sunmade. 
Do you no, remember we made our own raisin? Well, I remember when I made a raisin. <laughs> well, yeah, it was my house, so it was my raisin. Well, it was my grape that I turned into a raisin, but it was yeah, on your well, windowsill. It was on okay. my windowsill. We rented property, so actually it belonged to our landlord. <laughs> it, was, it was the landlord's raisin. Seymour is his raisin. <laughs> so uh, what I did was, well, I, I, we had a, a bunch of grapes. So it might have actually come from your bunch of grapes. It, it probably did. And I, said, I, I, don't, I wasn't eating a particularly high amount of fruit during that period. No, well, no fruit. It was mainly it was a lot of cheese. But I know, it was after the cheese, yes. Oh, sure. But we had a grape. I had a grape in hand, and I said, I'm going to put this on this windowsill out in your back garden, let the summer sun do what it will, and see if we can turn it into a raisin. And lo and behold... It bloody well did. Four to five months later, we had a massive raisin. Oh, one of the biggest raisins ever. Well, guess when I ate that? Had my first bite oh, of that raisin. Oh, I can't wait you ate it. Yeah, but do you remember where it was? No. It was at Exbury Club at the first ever Lukewarms gig. Oh, Jesus. It was when um, Andy, uh, my friend, well, our friend, Andy Cragg said, can you play at my engagement party, which we, which we did further on down the line. Stop yes. looking at your watch. So, so. <laughs> okay, so John Frusciante getting his moustache trimmed. He has an an on-site moustache trimmer. Would you believe? I know that. That's that. I think is when you know you've made it. <coughs> Hang on, I've written down in my notes. This is when you know you've made it. A man, <laughs> a man wow. just tailing you round, ready to trim. Do your you moustache. think they had him anyway? And then he sort of said to John, look, you, no one's got a moustache and I'm a moustache trimmer. Can you do me a favour and grow a moustache? Well, I think what's going to happen here is something really, really disturbing. And, we'll, and we're going to get to that when the swan tries on a fake moustache. Well, yes. Um, do you now think that man is the swan's moustache trimmer? I don't think so. I think the swan... Because the swan goes around pretending to be a normal guy. Some people recognise him, some people don't. Wait, uh, you're quite right. I would be, again, we would be um, unfit for duty if we were at a, a festival and someone came up to us and spoke to us. That would be perfect, wouldn't it? If we were at Reading in uh, mm-hmm. 2000, because this, this is that era when we were there and the swan had popped, us, popped up to us while we were sat in that big, um, that big uh, wet patch of wee. The, to- the, yes. to- the toilet runoff. The swan had come up to us in a big wig and a fake moustache. We'd have been all over him. Well, that's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, well, you remember though when you're at a festival, not you're not always there to see one band, are you? So they might not be Chili's fans. No, but that guy did say he, he was he was going to watch the foods and then looking forward to seeing the Chili Peppers. Yeah, true. Yeah, he probably regrets that. Desperate, that big regrets, big, big, big regrets. Let's huge move on, regrets. Let's move on to what could have been a huge regret in Swan's life. Had he slipped, jumping, oh, man. Over, jumping over that fucking gap. That gap, man. I think that looked to me like Bondi. Did it? Yeah, I think that was Bondi. The beach. Yeah, we did a walk from Bondi to somewhere I can't remember where, and I'm pretty sure that we went through past that uh, grave graveyard and things like that and that I think that was Bondi yeah. that's what I'm saying 
It's fun. I just had a big, a big mouthful of beer, and I'm aware that you can't tell when I'm about to have a big mouthful of beer. I can't see you tonight. So yeah, that was a. If it was Bondi, and if that was indeed the graveyard that we that we saw, uh, you know, it's a, a blast from the past. You too could have made that jump. The Swan only just makes it. That's a long way. Well, he said it was eight or nine feet. I I don't think it was. I think it was six or seven. No, I think it's six or seven feet max. So just minus a foot. But if you slip on your launch or you slip on your landing, mate, that's fucking risky. I, I know for a fact the house ambassador would not let me try that kind of thing. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to take that risk. We move on to um, the, the, the uh, award, the Swedish Rock Award. Where, mm. where Flea thanks a lot of Swedish people. He does. I've done a bit of a, a little bit of a deep dive into this award. Would you like to hear some facts about that specific thing? I certainly would. Okay, well, here I go. Get ready to drink a few mouthfuls of your beer, or I'll tell you this. Okay. It's the Rock Bjornen, the Rock Bear, a Swedish award, first awarded in 1979. It's a music prize mainly awarded for rock and pop. It's annual, and it's organised by Aftonbladet newspaper. Apologies to any Swedish listeners if I've uh, pronounced that wrong, which I always... Actually, I don't know if we've had any correspondence from people, the people of Sweden. No, but I'm sure we've got literally hundreds, hundreds and thousands of listeners who just can't be bothered to write to us. That's true, but if you are from Sweden, get in touch, let us know you're listening. It'd be lovely. That would be nice. Now, RHCP won Best Foreign Group. It's a mainly Swedish-based thing. But um, mm-hmm. the Chili's won Best Foreign Group in 1999, in 2000, and then in 2002, and again in 2006. So you're looking at the Cali, Cali era, the By the Way era, and then the Stadium era. Good. But, you know, great for the band. Absolutely dominant. Multiple award winners. Mm-hmm. Best foreign song in 2002, they won for By The Way. Thoughts? Fantastic. Best foreign album in 1999 for Californication. Bloody bang on. Now, here's an interesting thing, and I say interesting, take it as you find it. Um, REM won Best Foreign Group in 1994, but they also won Best Foreign Artist. Uh, every other single award winner in the uh, Rock Bjornen Best Foreign Artist category has been a single person. Right. Yeah, in 1994, REM won. Well, that, is intri- that is interesting. Are you sure there's not a person called REM? Rem, Richard Eric Morrison. Yeah, and he just happened to win it the same year as, as the band REM won Best Band. I'll be completely honest. I haven't looked up Richard Eric Morrison on... Um, Wikipedia. I bet if I do, it'll say that he won the Best Foreign Artist in the 1994 Rock Bjorn Awards. It almost certainly will. Well, uh, so what a lovely little thing. So they've got their prize. They love it. Yes. Flea's doing all this thanking. John finds it hilarious. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, that was nice to see. Nice to see. What else do we see during this section? Chad trying another ginseng, not liking it. Well, we just spoke about it. He goes strength of beer. Yeah, yeah. We've got Flea and AK watching the Tyson fight. Yeah. Yeah, that was 
interesting to see them out and about. They've watching got, the boxing. They've got a camera that focused on their plate of food that had been eaten. So I'd have loved to have been that plate of food. Oh, I'd love to have known what that plate of food was. Well, here's a, here's an answer to one of those questions. Okay. I know what John Fushante eats. What? A, a pasta with a lot of Parmesan cheese on it. Oh, yeah, he does go to town on the Parme- Parmesan. Parmesan. <laughs> initially, 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 I was slightly concerned that it was salt. Well, but how much Parmesan cheese does he put on there? Well, a lot, but there's, there's two reasons why one might apply that much Parmesan. Okay, one. One is that you like Parmesan. What's two? Two is that the meal is otherwise badly prepared and bland. Ah, it's been under-seasoned. And so you're, you're spicing it up with Parmesan, even though you're not particularly fond of Parmesan. I don't think you do that if the meal isn't badly prepared and bland and unseasoned. I think you, you add flavour through salt and pepper. So what you're saying is John is a, is a Parmesan man? A Parmesan man, absolutely. A Parmesan enthusiast. He did look particularly pleased with himself. He did, and then he forked that, forked that pasta into his mouth with real vigour. He, he, got, he got stuck right in. So, presumably, they said, Dick Rude must have said, we see you've got to play a pasta here, we're going to stick a cam in front of you. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Exactly, and well, that's reason three, playing up for the camera. There you go, so you got one. He might not like Parmesan at all and, and didn't eat any more of it after the camera stopped rolling. So that's the one, two, and three of uh, why you might apply that much Parmesan With cheese. Parmesan application, yeah. Now, there's only one way to find out why he did it. And that's to ask him when he comes on the show on episode 80. That's the first question we'll ask him. Getting straight down to business, John, we need to talk to you about the Parmesan from the Roadwork documentary. Yeah, do you remember in 2000, <laughs> when you were in Australia, you put a lot of Parmesan on your pasta? <laughs> yeah. We've narrowed it down to three possible situations why you might have done that. Can you just clarify whether we're on the money? He'll ask us what those were, and we'll have to admit that we've forgotten. <laughs> well, that's true, but he'll know, because he'll have listened to all of these episodes. Of course. Um, right, 32 minutes in, you've got, uh, well, you've got the swan going absolutely crazy here. He's in a lovely Moscow T-shirt. I, I take that as a tribute to the 1999 Red Square gig. Sure. But then he's trying on his moustaches. Little did he know that what he's doing here is foreshadowing what would unfortunately become his main look. <laughs> yes. Do you know little did he know? Do I know who he's talking? Little did he know. <laughs> little did he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's Diddy Kong's brother. Yeah, little did he know. He's a, a lovely little ape. Of course, um, uh, little little diddy who who was it? <laughs> little diddy no. Little diddy no <laughs> was inspiration <laughs> for the song. Um, <laughs> inspiration for the song. Did he let you know? Yeah, that's right. Little did he know. Did right. he let you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay, so we move forward. This is where yes. we round off the Australian leg, uh, that leg of the tour. We go to the Perth Entertainment Centre on February the 7th, 2000, when Chad's out the back doing some toot skis. Hmm, says Chad's toot-skis? out the back doing, doing toot skis. I don't know, but I've come up with, with uh, a possible option. What, which is, does it involve Parmesan? 
Parmesan option one. Right, there's two options. One, he was eating a heavily Parmesan pasta dish. Yeah. On John's two, recommendation. He was Parmesan. That's two. Three, it might have been a poo or a fart. Toot skis, you know, you say you do a toot. Mm. Actually, I think that's what it was. Chaz out there doing a toot. God knows. I doubt that. Why would you report that? You know, do you, why would Chad be running late, late on because he was doing a fart? There's a, <laughs> tooting is also... There's a drug-related reference to tooting. Yeah, but uh, Chad's not a druggie, is he? But Chad, Chad, Chad's not that man. So, no. um, the myth, if you're listening, we're not accusing you of that, of course. Absolutely I think he not. did a little, toot, a little, a little bottom toot. Nah, but he didn't do it on camera, it? did he? No, nah, nah, no. Well, who knows? Not. So, that, that ends that tall leg... Uh, you can tell because the haircuts then change on the next scene in the documentary. They go to the Mohawk era and the Mohawks were done in the US. So, so far in the documentary, we've gone from January the 8th, 2000 to February the 7th, 2000. Yeah, it's quite a reasonably tight portion of time. We move into the... Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I now always we move into the Mohawk my, section. My periods of time in portions. Well, I know. And you, quite often you say to me, I like a tight portion of time. <laughs> yes. So I'm very happy with this. Okay, well, mate, here we go. This is the first time. We'll see it later on, the really big dump on me and my friends. But here's the Foo Fighters on stage again, in chess face, on stage. They're going for it. Lovely to see it. It's fantastic. And like you say, there is a bigger one than this. But this is still nice. Chad gets absolutely soaked. Yes, beer on head. Is yeah, that- the other lads just sort of watch on but get into it and obviously they're dancing around. Then Dave gets in on Ch- on Flea's mic. So, um, yeah, oh, just wonderful scenes. And, you know, two bands who are very much of our time uh, on tour together, just having a bloody, bloody good time. Now, the next thing that happens is proof positive, if proof were needed, that the Chili's listen to this podcast. Ah, which they definitely do. I definitely do, because they do Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. Oh, that's true. Or do they? Yeah. Are you talking about when? Hey, towards the end of this twenty-minute section, have you watched watched this little bit? Did you watch up to forty minutes? I did. Yeah, they they're all receiving some kind of medal. Oh, they're, no, they're doing and, Italian. Uh, they're doing Italian accents. They're dressed as Italian chefs. No, no, no. absolutely not. They're doing <laughs> bloody Schwarzenegger impressions. Oh, are they? <laughs> so one goes, "Oi, you're so zany," which is like an early Schwarzenegger impression, like Commando era. Then Chad does it. Absolutely, right. that's what they're doing. Okay, no yeah. fair play. Fair Chad's play. got uh, Ch- Chad's got a beer in hand. <laughs> of course. I completely misunderstood the situation. I thought they were doing Italian accents. <laughs> no, if you can do an Italian, <laughs> so this is they're just doing, this is they're just doing another Nintendo reference. They've already done the, the Diddy Kong reference. Yeah, little Diddy, little Diddy, no, little Diddy, no. <laughs> and written the song, written the song, Diddy, let you know. And now they're yeah. doing Ma- Mario impressions. <laughs> exactly. I'm not convinced they're doing Arnie impressions there. They bloody are. Right in. Email in Bentanzo Music uh, at Bentanzo uh, Music. At no, t- hang on, uh, Music at hotmail dot com. Email in if you think they're doing Arnie impressions, which they definitely are. 
Well, okay, fine. You may be right, but why are they dressed up as chefs doing Arnie impressions? Why do they do anything? Well, why are they dressed up as Italian chefs? But why are they doing Arnie impressions? Well, they're not. Well, you, th- you said they're dressed up as Italian chefs, so they should be speaking Italian. But they yeah. Well, I'm uh, saying they're doing Arnie impressions, so they should be dressed up like the Terminator. Yeah, true. It's all very confusing now. It was a it was a balls up it, of, of royal proportions, and I'm surprised it, was a, it wasn't more widely reported. It was, an, reported. It was an, an omni shambles. It was. What's an omni shambles? And shall we finish this omni shambles of us reporting on part two and move on to part three? fly into part three of this documentary at the 40 minute mark and we are going to run until brother we are going to run until 57.15 on this little section that's absolutely right it's an approximation but it's exactly clinically correct it's an exact approximation (laughs) Woody Harrelson eh? straight in at the 40 minute mark ah man that guy you know what do you make of his appearance he seems he seems under the influence to me I would say that he has um, maybe met Dave Grohl earlier on in this documentary. At some point. Shared, perhaps, a cigarette of some herbalage. He's desperate to beat Flea at something. Ah, bless him, because you're not going to beat Flea at handstands, are you? Even though Woody Harrelson is really good. Very good at handstands. On the second run, he is shit hot. Yes, yes. But then he takes him on at backgammon, and as far as mm. I could make out, it was a draw, but... Well, we established earlier that Flea plays a lot of backgammon, um, because earlier in the documentary, you see him playing backgammon. Playing backgammon, yeah. <laughs> so that's fully established. <laughs> that was I just do... <laughs> that's the establishment of that. I, I do just need to drop into the conversation this, um, this, uh, this Diddy Kong thing again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw out, if anyone wants to make me a T-shirt, it's going to be a, an I'm with you Diddy Kong uh, crossover where it says, Diddy let, Diddy let you know. Yeah, fine. I, I'd be more than happy to receive a T-shirt that said that. Fine. This is nice. That you, I mean, whether or not any of these T-shirts will ever arrive on your doorstep remains to be seen. But I, I like know. what you're doing here. You're essentially begging for T-shirts. Yeah, begging. And I'm happy to beg. I'm not mm. a proud man, Sam, as, as you've no, you no, may have noticed. I, listen, I think it's... it's um, it, it, what have you got to lose? Now, moving forward. Which we must. Harrelson. Yeah, well, we've touched Handstands, on... backgammon. We've, we've gone further than that. We have. We've discussed him. Next, they talk about surfing. Then they talk about improv- improvisation. Well, this or this improv- was a nice section as well, though, because... Flea divulges his age, which is always nice. Hmm. Hmm. So, 37. Oh, no, that's not just yet. Not while they're talking about improv. No, it's before they spoke about improv. That was while they were talking about surfing. Yeah. But Harrelson is completely baked during that section. Yeah, during, especially during the improv section. 
Okay, so if you, yeah, let's get to that section then, because I did not recognise that man who Flea was talking to when he revealed his age. He's talking to Harrelson. Right. Is he? No, yeah, no, he's talking to a different man. He's not, he's talking to Harrison about surfing, because he says, I didn't, I took up surfing when I was 31, and Harrison says, how old are you now? And he says, 37. Do you know what I've just done, Sam, and I must apologise for it? Christ, what? I shot my bolt. Well, Dan, Dan, don't apologise, just don't ever do it again. I'll try not to. Please go on. Do you call it a bolt or a bolt? A bolt. (laughs) (laughs) B-U-L-T. No, surely no one calls it a bolt. You can't even say it with an O in it. Yeah, a bolt. A bolt? A bolt. bolt. I call it a bolt, like everyone else. (laughs) I shot my bolt. (laughs) (laughs) My bolt. Yeah, my bolt. <laughs> okay, so then who who would appear next? It's Mr. Sir Christopher Rock. It, it, it is, yes. What'd you make of that little section? Well, I enjoyed this. It, I enjoyed listening to him speaking with Anthony, and they would they would seem to be getting on like a house on fire. And then Flea comes barreling in, and I I thought the Swan was a bit put out by that. I think towards the end of it, it does. It gets a little bit uncomfortable when the Swan says goodbye to Chris Rock. Mm. It all seems like he just wants to turn to the camera and say, "Cut." Mm. It's a weird. It's a weird section when him and Chris say goodbye. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. And and when Flea comes in, and starts speaking to him. Anthony starts fiddling around with that discman. Ah, the classic discman. And, like, he had been talking to him, and then when Flea came in, he just sort of, like, moved on to Flea. And I, I don't know, it could be completely wrong, but I just got the sense that the swan was a bit, you know, at a loose end at that point. Well, that's why he started fiddling with his disc man. Knowing that he was on camera as well. Hmm, sure. Do you, you surely say disc man, though, instead of disc man? Disc man? Do you call it a walkman? Yes, <laughs> because I call it a walkman. <laughs> That's what it's this, called. This is the opposite of what we normally say about superheroes. Spider-Man. Because you call him Spider-Man. No, but I do call it a Walkman. Why? How's it spelled? All right. Do you, do you honestly call it a Walkman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say that pronunciation. I remember when I got my first Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> and So if it's called a Walkman, it's called a Discman. No, it's called a disc man. It's no, like, it isn't. It, yes, it is. I'm afraid it is. Every time you say it, you feel like you're addressing either a walk <laughs> or a disc, and then calling said disc or said walk man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I need to get straight on this. You don't because I can't see you. So you do not call it a walk man, do you? Yes, I do. I'm afraid I do. A walk man. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't. I can't see him. He's pulling my leg. Uh, so, next up. You got, uh, anyway, Chris Rock, apparently. I, I, I did a bit of a shallow dive into Chris Rock. Yes, and it turns out he wrote Other Side. Yeah, and, and oh, I, I do like that bit. That's a nice bit of natural humour. Mm. Where the swan says that he does his jokes and, and Chris Rock says he writes the songs. Mm. And says that yeah. Other Side started off as a joke. And then the swan says it wasn't even that funny. Yeah, it was nice. Some of it was very nice. They obviously go way back. And way forward, too. Mm, yeah. 
So, yeah, it was nice. It was, it's a nice section. I, to be honest, one of the main vibes I've got from this now, so after the, the opening section in Japan, I, f- I felt that was a difficult time. The rest of it's been an absolute delight. By difficult times, you mean difficult to watch or a delight to watch or a difficult time in their lives? Yeah, just not, not, not great to watch, you know. Sure. But now, we, this, this now feels like you're really getting in behind the scenes and you're seeing more stuff. The Japan section was basically them just travelling around Japan, you know, going panda hunting and being generally, you know, inappropriate. We move on to the Great Mohawk attack, where they take the whole crew's hair off. Yeah, which is nice. Nice to include uh, the crew. It's, it's great to see that happen. You're paying for them. You might as well cut the hair off. Well, and actually, some, as it turns out, a lot of time you're paying for them while they're doing fuck all. Exactly. Take what you can from them. Take the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's how they address the situation? We're going to pay you for 10 days out of every three weeks uh, yeah. for doing nothing, but we will <laughs> yes. take your hair. But in order to do this, we do have to take your hair. Yeah, I think that's probably exactly what happened. And they they seemed more than happy with that. I would happily, happily work for three weeks hard and have ten days straight off if I got paid for the whole time and had to go bold. Because I'm just, I'm just, I feel like I'm naturally achieving this. I think I've, I th- yeah, I think I've worked out what's happened to me over the last few years. Have you been working three weeks on ten days off with chilies? <laughs> I, like, I haven't been getting the time off. No, but you have gone bold. I have put in the effort on the top, yeah. And may I say, you didn't even grow mohawk, you just went bold. I couldn't grow a mohawk now if you paid me. I did see you then. You looked into your own camera on your own computer to look at the top of your head. (laughs) I did. I was just just double-checking that I'd gone completely bold, and it unfortunately was confirmed. Okay, next section is where they talk to a man a lot. He, yes. he likes to lay back. Now he's he 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 takes Frashante on in the I'm relaxed sitting pose. I think he beats Frashante in the relaxed sitting pose. He, well, I've, he does. I've never this seen it, but, but Frashante is man. is highly highly skilled in in the, the 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 slump. Well, you call it a slump. I call it laying down on a laying chair. Down, laying down on a chair while someone's trying to talk to you. And acting like that's normal. <laughs> well, later on, this well, let's let's get to it. I did not know who this man was. No, I looked into it a bit. I didn't. I didn't know what was going on. So I uh, contacted Hamish again. If you're not on our HCP uh, sessions archive, get on it. Get on the newsletter. Me and my get friends. Get right on it. Get right this, on it. Get right on it. Sing it out. Get right on it. This is John Laurie. Laurie, I believe it's pronounced. Um, and this is direct off wiki, because uh, I don't know much about this fellow. Born December the 14th, 1952, he's an American musician, painter, actor, director, and producer. Co-founded the Lounge Lizards Jazz Ensemble, acted in 19 films, including Stranger Than Paradise and Down By Law, composed and performed music for 20 television and film works, and produced, directed, and starred in Fishing with John television series. His soundtrack for Get Shorty was nominated for a Grammy Award. He's also on HBO at the moment, I think, with another TV series, Paintings. He's now a painter. Uh, I, 
I think for a long time he struggled with Lyme's disease. Yeah. Uh, Lyme we, we all, disease. Lyme. Uh, we all know liver, yes, um, Lyme disease, yeah, sorry. Uh, since 2000, actually, he, he struggled, suffered from symptoms. Now, that, that is a bad disease. Well, living in the New Forest, as we do, we know that um, that's a very serious thing because ticks in the New Forest mm-hmm. will... Is it ticks that give you Lyme disease? It is, it is yeah. yeah. Lyme disease. Lyme disease. And um, it's a very serious thing. It is extremely serious. But but this guy is obviously very, very... He's a multi-hyphenate, very knowledgeable about music, about scoring, about about a whole load of stuff. Yeah, and and you can... Sorry to to butt, but you can tell, watching this and and seeing the the guys talk to him, you can see that they respect, you know, have a a lot of respect for him. Absolutely, yeah. Very comfortable in his presence. Mm. So, just the... um, Get some nice little chats. John saying that he doesn't like playing if he hasn't touched the guitar. Um, yeah, and 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 he's talking to John and and obviously talking to him about the possibility that that, that they were going to play together. And he 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 sort of goes into the past tense and talks about a conversation he had about John and says, you know, I've spoken to Fashante. And so they are obviously good, you know, good friends. Yeah. Very, very comfortable together. And uh, interesting, and this is a while ago, of course, this was this is 20 years ago now, to have a conversation with Flea when Flea was 37. This is where Flea again confirms he's 37. Yeah. And to say, can you imagine like being 45 and playing Give It Away? Yeah. <sighs> and Flea kind of laughs and talks about Give It Away in that way as, as the one song that he doesn't always, you know, want to play, but... If he didn't imagine doing it... Why did he write it? And they do do it. Do do. But they don't tour, they don't tour that often, do they, now? And especially now, so... No, so I'm sure Flea would be happy to play Give It Away. Oh, mate, I'm sure I think... Actually, I think Flea would love to get out live and play Give It Away now. Yeah, I'm sure he'd give his, his left, he'd give his left earlobe to play Give It Away live. Well, I was going to say he'd give his left testicle. And earlier on in the documentary... Uh, Chad did describe in a huddle how John Bonham of Led Zeppelin squeezed a man's testicle out of his own testicle sack. Yeah. And then John, bless him, went into quite a, a touching uh, well, prayer. <laughs> yeah, if it, I was going to say earlier, actually, it's nice to see John leading those huddles. He doesn't yeah, say it, much, but uh, you know what he does say just sort of brings the band together before they go on. And to give him that role at that time, you know... I think is is quite significant. I think you're right. It's also such a juxtaposition about between who these people are. In you've got Chad, who at this point was mm. a beer cigarettes, beer steak and cigarettes man. I'll, I'll yeah, you. and he's in the huddle talking about um, just having a laugh and a joke, really. Well, that's right. I I always picture you know when they put their heads down together after John's done his little bit of speech, you know, his little speech and. I always imagine that Chad's stifling a giggle. Ah, yeah. <laughs> he probably, you know, he probably wasn't. He was probably into it. That's the time that they connected before they went on. But he obviously wasn't into that sort of, you know, that whole more spiritual side of things. Well, I think we'll find out later on that he's not a spiritual fellow per se. 
He's not. Oh, I, I tell you, you what, you, you don't get that feeling, do you? It. it it just goes to show, doesn't it? it? You know, he he obviously gets on with all the all the members of the band, and and they and they share those times before they go on. And Chad has his own way of doing things, but once they're on stage, they're just so locked in. It's incredible. So it doesn't. It, it, it's always a, the different characteristics of band members and their different habits are sometimes more difficult to handle off stage than when they're finally on stage playing. Everything goes out the window, doesn't it? And it's about that musical connection. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can have all the the, the, the differences you like and all the bitching and bickering in actual in your real life or backstage, but mm. you know that when you're on stage, there's only one reason why you're doing it, why you're getting up on stage to do this yeah. kind of thing, and it's because you, you love playing the songs, or you might be massively in debt and have to fulfil a, a well, contractual obligation to tour. But I right. think at this, at this stage, the Chili's were, were doing it because they love playing that music. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys obviously weren't in a position that some bands get themselves into where they can't stand each other backstage. They go on stage, play, and you know don't talk to each other in between. they quite clearly not one of those bands, but... They are they are different personalities. So, mm. oh mate, talking about that, there's a fantastic Eagles documentary on, I think it's on Netflix or it was on Netflix, uh, where there's back there's footage of them on stage as they finish the last song of the set and they're walking off saying right get out I'll, I'll see you backstage you know in the car park and I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic footage. They were. There's few people that could sing in such close harmony as the Eagles, but few people that desperately wanted to punch each other so much. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible, and um, it's, you know it, that's an extreme example. But it, it, in it, over time, it, it, there's many examples of bands who who unfortunately find themselves in that situation. Mm. And luckily, you said it was an extreme example. Luckily, extreme have never had that example themselves. Exactly. So no. there has been no extreme example. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> okay, we're moving on to part four. 57, minute, 57 minutes, 15 seconds, on to the end. Okay, good luck. Flip sides. Okay, so we swoop out of into part four from 57 minutes, 15 seconds onwards. And here is a quite long section of this documentary where there's quite a lot of talking about stuff. <laughs> yes, it's stuff-based. What did you make of this stuff? But, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed sitting listening to all of the band members talking um they're talking honestly they're talking openly about their sort of beliefs and their feelings about certain things i think it's i i, I, I honestly it was more than happy sat there watching that i did enjoy it you um i think you took more from that than than i did to be honest um because it's not 
And, you know, we, we are a non-judgmental podcast, as you know. We certainly are. That's one of our key beliefs. Well, exactly. We've always said that there's one belief in this podcast, and that is that we are non-judgmental. Yeah. And if you don't buy into it, you can get lost. My rule is just be nice to people. I'm not, a, I'm not a religious man, but I would say I, I would subscribe to this, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. Just be nice to people. And, you know, if what you're doing doesn't hurt anyone else, get on and do it and just be cool. Now, the first thing that struck me was when John was talking about his, uh, you know, the fact that he sort of channels from... Yeah, mate, this this bit's tricky. Fucking hell. Well, no, it's fine. I, I've got no problem with any of that. But the the, the woman he's talking to clearly yeah, laughs. stifles the laughs. Yeah, I know. That's the bit I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm happy with John's stuff. What I'm not happy with is... And I, I think this lady is Caroline Miss. I've had a little bit of a research dive. She describes herself as a medical intuitive slash mystic... She's an author of many books on this kind of thing, I believe. But I don't think it's fair what she does there. Well, the good thing is that John John carries on. I don't think he realised that in the moment. He didn't. So that was fine. He didn't. He didn't realise. I think it's un. Honestly, I think it's unfair that that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's not a nice thing to see someone actually stifling a laugh at someone who's being completely open and honest about their beliefs. Yeah. It it was difficult, but I wasn't 100% sure that I'd seen it correctly. Um, I've scrolled back over that. I watched it yesterday, and I I have scrolled back. It's at 105.54, if you want to check it out. I did check it out. Um, Stop looking at your watch. No, yes, but... um, it's interesting to obviously listen to John speaking like that. It's interesting to see Anthony sort of having a conversation with someone like that. And at the beginning, he almost seems convincing and ultimate, and you know, completely locked in with it. Later on, I'm not so sure that he's sort of buying into it. He, he, I don't know. I'm not sure about this this woman altogether. She no. seems way more in tune with Flea. Indeed. Uh, what I did notice when she was talking to the swan is the swan, and this could be editing, but I'm, I don't think it is here, that he starts off sat far apart from her, as you would mm. start an interview. By the end of it, he is, he's moved forward to the point where she actually touches his hand. Mm. Um, I thought he seemed wrapped, as in um, R-A-P-T, not R-W-R-A-P-P-E-D. Well, that would have been... Brilliant if she had wrapped him up. <laughs> Just as a present. <laughs> yeah. This has gone so well that I've completely wrapped him up. Yeah, I've done him a tiny yeah, little bow. I, I don't know. Things like this, you know, you've got to believe in it and you've got to buy into it. Chad didn't buy into it to the extent that he didn't do it. Well, he was conspicuous by his absence on this one. Yes, and, and, and when he was speaking to the, the man... It was he was conspicuous in that he eventually got the man to say that he was a father of eight six children, 
And when did you say you're a stud? And he said, no, my wife's the, it was all my pleasure. My wife's the stud. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He took him down to a whole, a whole different level. And I think at the end of that, as you see that, the man gets up to leave. I didn't even bother looking that man up, I'll be honest. No. It's just, as we said, well, as I've said, I don't mind. People can do what they want, can believe what they want. As long as it doesn't harm anyone else, it's fine. This just isn't my particular It's not my bag, baby. I do like the fact John can put his leg up behind his back, behind his head. I tried to do that while I was watching it. And believe me, brother, I'm not putting my leg behind my head anytime soon, are you? Well, probably not, but the other way of looking at it is putting your head in front of your leg. Okay, you, you, um, I can see you on screen. Do you want to try either option? Hang on. This is the leg behind the head option. He's got it as no, high that's as it, his, that's no. that. <laughs> So you no. can get it as high as your knee. That's incredible. In order to do that, I would literally have to snap my leg off. No, I just thought putting my. I th- to be honest, I thought I'd be able to get closer than that. That was. I, was, I have to say that was disgraceful. Um, guess who? Okay, let's skip over all that stuff. Guess who the girl, uh, the lady that they were talking to was? I looked this up. I'm pretty. I'm convinced on this. I, I've looked at no pictures. I, I took it from context clues. Sam, what was she talking about? Trees. Mm-hmm. Doing what in trees? Climbing them. Yeah, and uh, who climbs trees in Can't Stop? A tree climber. In Can't Stop? Oh, Christ. It's Jay Butterfly. It's Jay Butterfly. It's Julia Butterfly Hill talking about conservation, which I do believe in. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, without a shadow. What a great piece of research, though. I'm sure you'll agree. I didn't even have to ask Hamish for that one. I did it myself. Yes, and she she does seem, you know, this was 20 years ago, and unfortunately we can say without uh, a shadow of a doubt that her cause has not moved forward. And there's only one reason for it, and that's big money. Big business, big greed, big big destruction. Fuck you, humans. We're going to destroy this planet, and there's no getting away from it. 20 years ago... Look at these battles that she was trying to fight then. She's still trying straight. to fight them now. We're no further forward. I can tell you you believe in this. Do you know how I know you believe in it? Because of I'm hitting the table. Exactly. Now, It's Jay, a disgrace. It is a disgrace. And, well, I don't think there's anything else to say about that. Let's try right. and save the planet, people. I mean, save I'm not the population. Anyway, uh, as we bring it down to a, <laughs> to, a new, to a new low, shall we move on to the socials? Yes, let's bring on the socials. Lovely. You sounded like Rusty from Starlight Express. They sound like Papa from Starlight Express, though. Papa Rusty. Uh, Papa Rusty. Did he let me know? Little Diddy <laughs> Kong. <laughs> Actually, do you remember Little Philip Leadwork? Of course I do. I don't know how that name ever started. I, it doesn't make any I sense. I never forget any of the little men. Hmm. <laughs> we have an army of little men. Little Philip Leadwork, little did he come. No, little did he know. And there was another one as well. Well, who, who, hang who on. I have forgotten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that poor forgotten little one. Okay, here we go. Boom. Into the socials. 
Um, if you'd like to go to the homepage for all this nonsense, go to bentownsonmusic.net. If you want to email me with one of two T-shirts, or if you want to sign them both, do. Mm. A John Fushanti Tour T-shirt in the style of the Mr. Men, Mr. Happy, Mr. Sad, Mr. Content, and Mr. Longing for My Loved Ones. Or my next classic T-shirt uh, in the style of I'm with you. So I'd like that kind of fly on, an, on, a, on a pill with Diddy Kong it's Damien Damien Hurst style Damien Hurst style t-shirt with Diddy Kong on it Diddy let you know please uh, get that in there yes and if you if you do happen to be from Sweden please get in touch let us know that we've got some fans out in that wonderful nation which is Sweden we love you we want to hear from you please because we're very insecure Sam would you care to name some Swedish footballers I certainly would Henrik Larsson Lovely. Uh, Ibrahimovic. Brilliant. Oh, that'll yes. Do, that, that'll uh, do, I'll tell you do. another one. Go on. Uh, Kim Shellström. Lovely pronunciation. On Many Sarah. other people from the UK would have called him Kim Kalström, but not me. No, no, not me. Good old Kimmy Shellström. So as you can see, we're a true fan of Sweden. Um contact us you can get on reddit for sam at university rhcp odd sam i am unispeak hyphen rhcp podcast twitter wise i am at university rhcp sam on twitter you are i'm at stack townsend uh instagram again going great guns oh, i'm massive guns well we or us or me it's me mm is universally speaking RHCP underscore pod. What did you make that documentary overall? Thoroughly enjoyed it. Great insight into that era. How can I tell? Because I'm slapping the table. No, <laughs> I, I, look, it's just, it's always a pleasure to spend time with the people you look up to, the music you admire, and, and get something a little bit extra. And so for that reason, I always enjoy watching Roadwork. Hmm. Um, oh, sorry, I misunderstood that when you said spending time with the people you look up to and the music you admire as soon as you're talking about me and the music that I create. But mm. you're actually talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Though. On this occasion, I'm talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, brother, I will say it's always fun spending time with you. It doesn't happen enough during lockdown. Uh, it certainly does not. I think we've had some fun here tonight. You, you, clearly, you clearly enjoyed your beer. Yeah, the beer's been lovely. Yeah. Why Carlin was overpriced, but, you know, hey hey. That's the way it goes. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Okay, so should we say please join us next week on University Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast? And I say next week, of course, I mean in the next two weeks. Yes, in a fortnight's time, we will come together once again. This l- wonderful community we've cre- created. Cremated. The University Speaking <laughs> podcast. Well, here's a little taste of how it'll sound. Hello and welcome to University <laughs> Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend, and I'm joined, as always, by... The butterfly that almost everything. The more I hear the orchestra, the more I have to die.